grace, mercy, and peace are yours from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Welcome to a sermon podcast from Salem Lutheran Church. For more information, please stay tuned at the end of the sermon. for this Pentecost Sunday is found in Ezekiel chapter 37, beginning at the first verse. The hand of the Lord was upon me. He brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of a valley which was full of bones. He had me pass through them and go all over among them. There were very many on the valley floor, on the valley floor and they were very dry. He said to me, Son of man, can these dry bones live? I answered, Lord God, you know. Then he said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, Dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Lord God says to these bones. I am about to make breath enter you so that you will live. I will attach tendons to you I will put flesh back on you. I will cover you with skin and put breath in you, and you will live. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I, was com- as I had been commanded. And as I was prophesying, prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling, as the bones came together, one bone connecting to another. As I watched, tendons were attached to them. Then flesh grew over them, and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, Prophesy to the wind, prophesy, son of man, and say to the wind that this is what the Lord God says. From the four winds, come, O wind, and breathe into these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, breath entered them, and they came back to life. They stood on their feet, a very, very large army. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They are saying, Our bones are dried up. Our hope is lost. We have been completely cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them that this is what the Lord God says. My people... I am going to open your graves and raise you up from your graves and bring you back to the soil of Israel. Then you will know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and raise you up from your graves, O my people. I will put my spirit in you and you will live. I will settle you on your own land and you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken. And I have done it, declares the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. The second lesson is found in Acts chapter 2, beginning at verse 1. This is the account of the first Pentecost. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the rushing of a violent wind came from heaven, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw divided tongues that were like fire resting on each one of them. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages 
since the Spirit was giving them the ability to speak fluently. Now there were godly Jewish men from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. When this sound was heard, a crowd came together and was confused because each one heard them speaking in his own language. They were completely baffled and said to each other, Look, are not all these men who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them speaking in his own native language? Parthians, Medes, and Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia and of Judea, Cap Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya around Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring in our own language the wonderful words of God. They were all amazed and perplexed. They kept saying to one another, what does this mean? But others mocked them and said, they're full of new wine. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice and spoke loudly and clearly to them, men of Judea and all you residents of Jerusalem, understand this and listen closely to my words. These men are not drunk, as you suppose, for it is only the third hour of the day. On the contrary, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. This is what God says will happen in the last days. I will pour off my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour off my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the sky above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and a rising cloud of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And this will happen. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. John in the 14th chapter, beginning at the 25th verse. Jesus is speaking to his disciples. I have told you these things while staying with you. But the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I told you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not let it be afraid. This is the gospel of our Lord. Grace and peace to you from God our Father, and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text for consideration is found recorded in the Old Testament, the book of Ezekiel, chapter 37, beginning at verse 1. I share with you these words once again. The hand of the Lord was upon me. He brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of a valley which was full of bones. He had me pass through them and go all over among them. There were very many on the valley floor and they were very dry. He said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? I answered, Lord God, you know. 
Then he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Lord God says to these bones. I am about to make breath enter you so that you will live. I will attach tendons to you. I will put flesh back on you. I will cover you with skin and put breath in you and you will live. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I had been commanded. And as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling, as the bones came together, one bone connecting to another. As I watched, tendons were attached to them, then flesh grew over them, and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the wind, prophesy, son of man, and say to the wind that this is what the Lord God says. From the four winds come, O wind, and breathe into these slain so they may live. I prophesied as he commanded me. Breath entered them, and they came back to life. They stood on their feet, a very, very large army. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They are saying, our bones are dried up, our hope is lost. We have been completely cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them that this is what the Lord God says. My people, I am going to open your graves and raise you up from your graves and bring you back to the soil of Israel. Then you will know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and raise you up from your graves. O oh, my people, I will put my spirit in you and you will live. I will settle you on your own land and you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken. I have done it, declares the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ and once again, heirs of everlasting life. Follow the science, we've been told, over this past year. And I bet you've heard those words spoken again and again. They were spoken by people who say they are experts. Follow the science. They were used by governing authorities. Follow the science. And after a while, you began to question the science because you were wondering what kind of science they may be following. Or you took them at their word because whatever science says, then it goes. Follow the science. And many are even getting disgusted because those words they feel have become very political. Well, it is not my intention to condemn science, and it's certainly not my intention to turn this pulpit into a political pulpit. But follow the science would certainly come to my mind if God would ask me, can these dry bones live? Well, in fact, you wouldn't even have to follow the science. You could just follow common sense. Wouldn't you have expected the answer to be, well, no, they can't. These are dry bones. There's no life in them. Why would God even ask such a question? Can these bones live? But the prophet Ezekiel replied this way, Lord God, you know. Now these words were spoken to the prophet 
Ezekiel when he was captive in Babylon. He was a prophet sent by God to minister to a number of the Israelites, the Jewish people that had been taken into captivity during the time of Nebuchadnezzar. We're right around the time of 586 B.C. And the, the prophet that actually stayed in Jerusalem ministering to the people there was the prophet Jeremiah. Ezekiel was dealing with people who were under captivity, but he was also dealing with people that were on the overconfident side because the people felt that their captivity wasn't going to last very long since Jerusalem still stood and the temple was still there and the Ark of the Covenant was in the temple. They saw this like a lucky charm that as long as it was there, then they had hope. They had hoped that they would soon return. And this captivity was just kind of a little turn off the road, if you will. Well, the prophet Ezekiel just received a herald who announced to them that Nebuchadnezzar has destroyed Jerusalem. The walls have come down. The temple no longer stands. The sacred vessels are now taken by him and will be brought back to Babylon. The people were devastated. Their overconfidence turned to total despair. They said, our, they said, our bones are dried up. Our hope is lost. Literally, it's died. It's perished. And we've been completely cut off. The two, the two most dangerous extremes that we can have to our faith is overconfidence and total despair. And the people were suffering now from the total despair. They felt everything was gone. Their, their lucky charm wasn't there anymore. And instead of feeling like they could go to the Lord in prayer, they felt they had no God to go to at all. And it was by God's grace and mercy that he gave the prophet Ezekiel this vision of the Valley of Dry Bones. In a vision, he would have Elijah or Ezekiel actually go and see this valley, and he was to go over them and, and over them and go all around this valley, and what Ezekiel saw was bones and bones and bones all spread out. Nothing was connected. And then he even made the observation that these bones were very dry. If there's no moisture, there cannot be any life. There was nothing. This was truly Death Valley. And now the Lord tells him, to go and preach to those very dry bones? That in and of itself wouldn't make any sense. Can these bones live? Well, it is only by the grace and mercy of God. And, and what they needed was the Lord God who would actually come and by his holy word, the very Lord God who created everything in six 24-hour days by just saying, let there be, and there was. 
This is the very Lord God who's telling Ezekiel to now preach and to tell the dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Not simply rise and live, but hear the word of the Lord. Now why were all these bones dry? Well, the Apostle Paul, in his letter to the Ephesians, writes, you were dead in your transgressions and sins. It was because of sin that he saw this valley full of dry bones. And when you think of sin, we always speak of it in two ways. We speak of original sin, which you inherited, which you got back from your original parents, going back to Adam and Eve. That by nature we are sinful human beings. By nature, um, sin has cursed our very human nature. And because of it, we are worthy of death, for the punishment of sin is death. And not only have we inherited the sinful nature, but we actually commit sins because of this cursed nature. Think of sin like a harsh taskmaster that drives us to selfishness and away from the Lord. That's why even Dr. Martin Luther would speak of the three enemies to our faith, along with the sinful world, and Satan himself, he would add, your own sinful flesh. We needed a Savior who was going to pay for all of our sins. Because you have to understand this one very important point. And it's not simply following the science, but science would agree. If your bones are dried up, one thing the bones can't do is come alive. They cannot come alive on their own. And that's true spiritually as well. By nature, as sinful human beings, we can't save ourselves. We can't come alive and be right with the Lord as sinful human beings by nature. And yet, it is taught over and over and over again in so many different churches, really spreading overconfidence which can be very dangerous by, by making it sound like, yes, you can by your own good actions. You can do good. Follow God's commands. You can earn his favor. You can, you can earn his love for you. You can earn heaven as well. In fact, Jesus is simply an example. He did enough good works to get to heaven, and if you do it too, you can get to heaven as well. But the reality is, we are sinners. We are tried of bones. Or, 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 or maybe the thinking is, is, you're born innocent, so you're born with some good. And if you're born with some good, do the good you need to do, and God will bless you, and you will be successful in life. That's how you're going to know that God really loves you by the success you have. And if you're not having success in life, well, then it means you're not believing enough, you're not doing enough, you're not good enough. Be good for goodness sake does not come from the Holy Scriptures, and it is not God's word. Once again, we are by nature sinful. And by nature, we are very dry bones. So how are we saved if we cannot save ourselves? 
there's where the mercy and grace of God comes in. The very Lord who told Ezekiel to preach, hear the word of the Lord. And he did as he was commanded. There is no arguments on his part. The Lord commanded and he proclaimed. And when he did, rattling noise. Bones were starting to come together. Ooh, skeleton. But then it didn't stop there. Tenants were starting to come on those bones to hold them together. Flesh appeared, muscles. Over that, skin, like layers of a cake. It kept piling on and on. Now we have a corpse. But the corpse was not alive. It was missing the breath. And so the Lord told Ezekiel to proclaim to the four winds. And from north, south, east, and west, the winds came and brought life into those, those corpses. And they stood up because they were alive. It was a vast army because it was the whole house of Israel who said that we, our bones are dried up. They thought they were completely cut off. They thought that their hope was dead and living with such hopelessness, they were in total despair. And here the Lord has raised them up. In fact, that breath of life that went into them, later he'll say, I will put my spirit in them. In a spiritual sense, the breath of life is the Holy Spirit that you and I need and cannot live without. This is the same Holy Spirit who poured out those special gifts at Pentecost, giving the ability to those apostles to be able to speak in other languages that they didn't learn. But the greatest of all the gifts that the Holy Spirit gives is without a doubt the faith that he creates in our hearts. Once again, we are by nature sinful. We cannot come to the Lord, but the Lord came to us. The Holy Spirit working in our hearts created faith in our hearts by calling us to that faith and strengthening us in that one true faith. But he doesn't do it out of thin air. He always uses a means, and we call it the means of grace. And that means it's the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is not surprising that the Lord told Ezekiel to preach, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. And through that word, the Holy Spirit works testifying of Jesus Christ. When we speak of our salvation, we always speak of it as, I'm saved through faith in Jesus Christ. That's absolutely true. But you can also confess and believe and say, I'm also saved by the Holy Spirit. Because without that believing heart in Christ, I would be damned to hell. But the Holy Spirit working through the gospel, calling me to faith, always testifying of Jesus Christ, has saved me. Yes, you're doing the believing, but not without the work of the Holy Spirit. Even your faith, you have to declare, is a gift of God. And a gift we can't thank God enough. Follow the science? 
Well, when it comes to our faith and when it comes to our salvation, we do not follow the science. Instead, follow the word of the Lord. And dear brothers and sisters, hear the word of the Lord. Because there is nothing greater in all the world than the word. And the Holy Spirit working through that word, even in your hearts. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to a sermon podcast from Salem Evangelical Lutheran Church. If you have any further questions or would like to learn more about Salem Lutheran, and its ministry, please check out our website at www.salemevlutheran.org. Once again, that is www.salemevlutheran.org. May God bless you today and every day.